And as a disclaimer, the views and comments made during this episode are those of the participants and do not represent any entity that they volunteer with or are employed by. Enjoy! Hey everybody, welcome to the Almost Domatic Podcast where we discuss geopolitics, national security, and a bunch of nonsense over beers. I'm your host, Ryan Young, and joining me today is... Lex Cardone. And Robert Thomas. And we're recording on September 1st, 2023. So it's been like six months since we put out an episode. Uh, eh, six months, six days, six years, who yeah. knows? It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's all a blur. You know? it's, all, it's also been like uh, even longer for the original group, all three of us, to uh, do an episode together. I don't know when that actually was. It's been even longer. The before times in some iteration. Because, yeah, we, we were doing, like, uh, yeah, just, you know, schedules and things and that kind of stuff. The last episode we put out was Putin in the ICC. Wow. Uh, that was, actually, the episode did really well. Um, not a lot of Russian listeners to that episode, actually. What? Quelle surprise. No, but, no, but it was, it's funny because, like, um, every single, you know, not we don't get Russian listeners for our other episodes, but everything we've ever done in Russia, which we've done a lot on, because we should talk Russia a ton, uh, gets, like, a good amount of Russian listenership and stuff like that. I mentioned in that during the episode, and there was none. I guess they're using I, different IP addresses now, and like, VPNs and that kind of stuff. Well, things are getting <laughs> a little bit more censorious over there. Yeah. I don't, yeah, may, I mean, maybe we're worth you know some 20 year jail time but i don't uh, maybe we were but i can't i, don't know I, can't, could... I can't i'll never go to russia because like imagine the headline amateur podcaster arrested in russia <laughs> you mean I don't... amateur podcaster falls out of artisanal russian falling window <laughs> yeah. i don't think they're gonna trade you for an arms dealer buddy i don't think, i don't think they would either <laughs> you, can, you can't i don't, you don't have, have a jump shot I don't, I don't have a jump shot and i also i don't uh i don't have a good enough following oh well well, we're going to change that tonight. <laughs> Actually, it would make the podcast really take off. Maybe I should go to Russia. Yeah. <laughs> but we're not talking about Russia. Actually, we'll be talking about Russia tonight. That's a lot. Not primarily, primarily about primarily. Russia. Russia will definitely come up uh, a good amount, uh, though. Uh, tonight we're talking about BRICS, uh, which is Russia. Russia. <laughs> Russia. Russia. Uh. <laughs> Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, uh, economic bloc um and potentially now bricks plus bricks plus all kinds of other letters in there and the alphabet soup gets too complicated with all extra point. features uh yeah so they they basically decided they want to do expansion at their most recent summit we're going to get to that a little bit but before we do as always um what are we drinking what do we got here ryan we have southern tier pumpkin imperial mm. pumpkin ale Tis the season on September first. Yeah, the, I mean the 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 issue was I wanted. Um, you couldn't find a pumpkin spice beer, like no, to I, celebrate the season. I, right. I, I there uh, that, were choices. Choices were made. <laughs> um, I just got for, <laughs> listeners. I just got a death glare from Rob Thomas over here. <laughs> yeah, um, September first, I think, is like just borderline acceptable for a pumpkin beer. Um, we are still technically in summer. It's like Christmas music in November. Is that the? Oh, I, I <laughs> heard there was December. I I heard there was already Christmas merchandise up at Costco. Oh yeah, at that yeah, gotta get ahead of that. That really grinds my gears. <laughs> yeah, I hate Christmas too. Welcome Rob. to the future. Old I man. love Christmas when it's actually Christmas time. <laughs> yeah. 
which is after Thanksgiving. It's, it's not there yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I put a Halloween candy out like like a month or two ago. I saw it at, at like CVS and stuff. Foolishness. Well, uh, the best is like two or three days after New Year's when it's Valentine's Day season. All, all of a sudden, like... <laughs> the the most contrived yeah. candy holiday. <laughs> the most made up holiday. I mean, I guess all holidays are kind of made up. Yeah. Yeah, but some have some have like actual cultural resonance and staying power, and some are yeah, almost entirely time. marketing <laughs> schemes. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we, we I, I, I wanted to get like an Indian beer and went to Total Wine. Usually they have a vast selection of different uh, beers from all over the world. Only thing they had was basically Germany and Belgium. Interesting. I don't know why. I don't know. Maybe because it's close to Oktoberfest and that's kind of, they're just like, oh, we'll just have those beers. I don't know. So I just grabbed a pumpkin beer. I figured you were going to get Kingfisher or whatever. That's the only Indian beer I know. So There's like a Taj uh, beer that I've gotten in restaurants around here before, but... Um, they didn't have that at all. I was just kind of like, well, I'm just going to go with this, I guess. So all let's right. uh, give it a try. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Oh. Oh, man. I, I, don't, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> all the taste is still there. It's like a slightly just, stale pumpkin patch, but... It's just, it's just like... It's, they it put it, made a, a, a imperial stout, and they put pumpkin spice in it. Yeah, it, it's got lots the, of different baking spices. It's got the uh, the texture of a stout, for sure. It tastes, but, it smells good, but uh, it'd be a good candle. <laughs> it would be. <laughs> Give me the Indian pumpkin ale candle. Hell yeah, that'd yeah. be that'd be good. Yeah, I'd buy that at Costco. Costco, if you're listening and want to sponsor us, <laughs> Yankee Candle. <laughs> you take that idea for free. Yeah, I. It's been a few years since I've had this one, and it. I don't know whether I just uh, had a, a different palate at the time, or uh, we're already, if they've we're changed, already drunk. If they've changed the recipe, but it it does feel like they overloaded some of the baking spices a little bit, yeah. much compared to what I remember. Have my taste buds aged like wine or avocados? <laughs> <laughs> the real millennial question. Yeah. Right. <laughs> All right. What's going on tapped? And let's rank this beer. It's uh, I've, it's been so long since we've done this. It's, it's out of five. No, it's right. out, yeah, oh yeah, it's out of five. This, okay. this beer is not out of five though. No, it's not. Yeah. What do you want to rank it at? At a one out. Of, <laughs> I want to give it, it a, like a, I want to give it like a two. I, I'd give it a two. Yeah. Maybe right. a three. I'd I'd give it a three. Yeah. Okay, we'll do two and a half. Yeah. Oh. You struggling with the math there? No, it's just the ta- <laughs> no, it's just the taste. In my mouth is just fucking gross. I gotta, I gotta drink this whole beer now. I'm gonna chase it, Natty Bo. This is the Marylander in us. Yeah. Anyway, so bricks. Uh, brick was ultimately just a term that some some guy wrote a, a, a paper. A Goldman about. Sachs economist, <laughs> yeah, you know, came up with a a grouping for looking at investments in emerging markets and it took on a strange life of its own. Did they just see that and say, Hey, that's a, Wait, a I, sexy I, I, acronym. I, like let's, yeah. let's, let's make a little uh, trade block. You know? it's, it's hard. It's hard to hate a good acronym. Mm. Well, there is, there is something about it that appeals to the soul of the government bureaucrat. Yeah. 
yeah, so they, they, they liked it, so they kind of ran with it a little bit, like having like summits and stuff, you know, meeting up and talking about it. Then 2009, 2010 area, they uh, they added South Africa, um, because I think the most because they're a Russian ally in Africa, so they're like, cool, we'll get Africa on board. Yeah, a lot of raw materials, a lot of minerals, a lot of corruption, so... Yeah, so it, it, it fit in. <laughs> bring, bring, yeah, welcome to the gang. And and it's convenient because we can just add the S on there. So Yeah, and then you know, it continued being summits, talking about economics mostly and geopolitical issues. It's bilateral relations among the countries are conducted mainly on the basis of non interference, equality and mutual benefit. Yeah, equality. I don't it's, not in their own countries though. It's a lot of how you say nothing with a lot yeah. <laughs> a lot of words. And their biggest, their biggest achievements have been financial. The country has agreed to pull $100 billion of foreign currency, which they can give to each other during emergencies. Um, but apparently Russia has not been allowed to touch that money. Uh, yeah. Lest, lest it be um, exposed or put under U.S. Under sanctions, sanctions inadvertently. Yeah. yeah. So I, I wouldn't call that inadvertent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Very it's a, it's, it's, That's it's, exactly it's, it's, the point. The, the timeout happened by mistake. Rob. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't get to play with your toys until you stop. I mean, so I have to borrow a billion in 2020 to help fight COVID. Yeah. Um, so what it has done is it's become kind of a, a um, another pillar of this sort of international econ- like trade economy in terms of um, the Trade Federation. Yeah, the Trade Federation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was wondering how long it was going to be before before just, the Star Wars prequel just came out. You fucking nerd. Just don't order your battle droids from uh, the Russian defense industry. Yeah. Uh, they, they may fall apart into smoking heaps on their own for you. Yeah, the Geonosians yeah. actually made really good weapons. Yeah, so that didn't help them in the end, though. Um, but... Uh, this is really on the verge of turning into another nerdy <laughs> that, that deeply be, in the weeds that'd be, star that'd be, wars that'd be a turn they just turned the entire episode into a star wars episode instead and just the twin hours oh, of bricks episode Uno reverse card you <laughs> thought you were signing up for something real it's yeah it's star wars again oh my god um <laughs> so it's kind of become an alternative to a lot of international institutions the world bank imf um not nearly on the scale of those in terms of rendering aid but it's something that um politically feeds into a lot of the um the goals of member state of the brick what do we call it brick members brick member states is that the uh i mean i mean the brick squad (laughs) (laughs) i mean right now go uh rob i mean in that respect i think it's important to keep in mind that this is part of a a broader pattern of a whole host of different countries uh both those involved in BRICS and others looking for ways to build alternative international economic architecture because of some variety of dissatisfactions with things like the IMF, the World Bank, and other institutions that are pretty heavily led by the United States, the European Union, uh, and another uh, kind of cluster of uh, of countries that don't necessarily which don't necessarily have the same perspectives and priorities as a lot of emerging market countries. 
Now, in some cases, that, that has to do with sort of more standard economic concerns from uh, various emerging markets about you know, not, getting a, not getting a fair deal or not getting a proper seat at the table. Uh, in other cases, it has to do with geopolitical aspirations, too. Uh, countries like China, Russia, and India, which have very different goals in, in many ways, do all share uh, an interest in you know, having a greater seat at the table, having more influence on how the global economy runs so that they can uh, shape things towards their interests. So, I mean, BRICS is part of a, of a broader pattern of things like the Asia Infrastructure Investment Bank, for example, uh, these various attempts to build new architecture that's not as beholden to Western countries uh, and their leadership, which is a, is a whole broad topic of its own. Yeah, I mean, I mean, because look at the World Bank and the IMF, they have definitely have their faults and have issues, and like it's kind of like people still wonder maybe we shouldn't have it anymore because of how they operate in in the global south and in, in, in developing yeah. countries and countries that are struggling because like they have policies and stuff like you know I used to work there at, at the World Bank and like there was stuff stuff, stuff stuff they did it was just like man you're not making the situation better you're making it probably worse and the IMF is fucking up all the time yeah the institutional <laughs> issues at both those places pervade um but it's interesting to see that a lot of the interest in a BRICS type arrangement is um cutting through uh, countries that want to be involved in in either bilateral trade deals or um mutual aid without the preconditions that um come with the traditional uh dealing with the, the traditional entities like the world bank and the imf right like there's in, a lot in, there's, the, in the u.s and the eu yeah because yeah. things like you know you know small things like human rights is in like you know what like those? fair elections that kind of stuff you know things that might yeah. matter basically because we know we the, the 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 global rules you know on the table which is it's, everything should be a democracy which is pretty much correct yeah but it's wild to me because even even the original now that it, we're in bricks plus mode but even the original the original squad um was very split between legitimate democracy if flawed democracies or, or emerging economies like um india brazil south africa and then you have china which is openly not a democracy um russia which kind of pays lip service to it but everybody knows it's it's a dictatorship um now we're inviting or they're inviting um you know saudi arabia the uae iran very much authoritarian countries as well as places or you know egypt and all that and then um they're inviting argentina and uh which what what are the, some of the new member states ethiopia ethiopia yeah so it's yeah. It's, it's six total that been, they're not being added they're being invited invited to, by the joint so, so. yeah so that process could take years uh, it might it might not i think south africa went through like under a year so this could happen actually pretty rapidly oh, cool. um but it, the six countries that like you said were argentina egypt ethiopia iran saudi arabia and the uae united arab emirates yeah um which is a very diverse group in a whole lot of ways yeah we're gonna get we're gonna kind of go through those countries a little bit but basically they, i think the goal of, of the established goal is to basically create more a multipolar world rather than just u.s and that's basically we are we are the ones who are power in the world financially and militarily and the west which also includes countries like japan and south yeah, korea yeah. And, and australia australia yeah yeah, yeah. And, and the eu and all that mm -hmm. um I guess I probably should 
uh, I want to basically add a definition to what the Global South is, because in case people don't know, because we've been kind of bringing it up and not describing it. Uh, Global South is a term that broadly comprises countries in the regions of Africa, Latin America, and the Caribbean, Asia without Israel, Japan, South Korea, and Oceania without Australia and New Zealand, according to the United Nations Conference on Trade and Development. So basically, it's emerging economies. Very, very struggling kind of former colonies, that kind of stuff. Yeah. When, I mean, the, the term emerging economy implies a, an economy that's starting from a low point, but seeing major growth and sort of moving up in the world. Whereas, I mean, there are other perspectives that would posit that many of the, the countries in these regions are sort of part of a, a global economic periphery uh, that is exploited by a global core. Uh, and so, I mean, you you have a variety of different perspectives on the issue. My, from my perspective, the Jedi are evil. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, teetering oh. even deeper nerd. Um, but but I mean, you you have you have, but I mean, you, you have a, a genuine difference of perspectives, both from from those in you know, well-established industrial. Uh, democracies in the U.S., uh, Europe, and elsewhere that a variety of perspectives in our countries about those issues, but also domestically uh, within many of the, the countries that are considered to fall into these categories. I mean, there are domestic political fights in a lot of uh, countries that are that are still you know, dealing with more economic development challenges about you know, whether their economic future and their prosperity hinges on greater integration with the West and kind of going along with a lot of the, the trade rules, monetary policy ideas and so forth uh, promoted by, uh, by the U.S., Europe and, and other allied countries, uh, or if it involves, you know, taking some sort of alternative path. Uh, and so I think a lot of these debates are actually uh, being imported into things like BRICS. Uh, there's there's not a unified party line within it about what good economic policy looks like, about what the relationship between BRICS countries and uh, other economic centers in the world should be. Uh, so I think the the range of debates within this body already let alone if you add in all these new members, raises some interesting questions of its own. Yeah, I mean, like I think they, they like to compare themselves or try to compare themselves to the G7, which is basically the countries all have democracies, like thriving democracies and stuff like that. And it's just like... And well-established thriving economies. Yeah, economies that and, and operate pretty similarly. I mean, there's differences, obviously. They're different countries in different parts of the world, but like they operate in the same uh, stage and they trade with each other and yeah. trade with each other. It's very different... It is inter- just a quick aside, though. It is interesting because, I mean, until 2014, Russia was a part of the G, then the G8, and it had proximity to many, like geographical proximity to many of the other member states. But um, in terms of political system, uh, it had almost nothing in common, even bef- prior to 2018. So, um, claimed to. Yeah, and they still, cl- I mean, maybe they're. I, I don't know if Pes- I haven't heard of uh, after Dmitry Peskov did his, you know, well, we actually don't need to run elections if we don't have, have to, um, his line there. Um, <laughs> but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, so. the And it is interesting. To see, like, a lot of these countries, 
just genuinely don't get along with each other, which, I mean, you can say about the Security Council, you can say about pretty much any international institution, but uh, Russia, China, India all have borders disputes uh, with each other. Uh, Obviously not uh, India and Russia, but um, Brazil and Argentina have their fair share of issues in the southern cone there, um, let alone Saudi Arabia and Iran. Yeah, let's uh, let's talk about some of these. So it's like so China. Let's talk about why China's in BRICS. Like why they were they part of the ones beginning? Because it's like they're the second strongest economy in the world. So why should they even do this deal with these other countries? Besides that, they want to basically, you know, have a bigger club to basically come after the U.S. with because they want to counter U.S. hegemony. Well, I I don't think there is any uh, doubt that however much uh, China has benefited from integration into the global economy, uh, that its its leadership is totally unsatisfied with existing international economic structures and their relative say within them. And I think it's also important to keep in mind that you know we talk about you know, differences of ideology, economic theory, and so forth, that I mean, even as uh, China has benefited a lot from market mechanisms and from trade integration, this is not a country whose leadership is, is committed actually to uh, the, the same broadly private sector-led and civil society-led approach to economics and society it is one that is much more committed to top-down control by the party state and so they've got a whole lot of interest certainly in alternative approaches um, in addition to just wanting more leverage and a bigger seat at the table yeah i think BRICS is also a thing of like they want to help use the push like a bell and the bell and road initiative which is basically to create this this trade route that goes from Europe to Asia and like re, rebuilds yeah. the the good old the good old days. What yeah, what I'm interested in is how the rest of I mean China clearly is the heavyweight of that organization in more ways than one. Um, how China's goals um, translates to BRICS goals and how and the and how they reconcile that with the fact that their interests may not be the same as many other member states, either original member states or the recently invited ones. Right. I mean, that's that's I think one of the the big fissures within the organization. You have, you know, China and Russia, for example, uh, sort of leading a lot of conversation about you know creating alternative. Uh, currency mechanisms, whether it's a, a joint currency or, or alternative international payment infrastructure or whatever that's not dependent on the U.S. dollar and, and U.S.-led banking infrastructure, uh, whereas you have, have others involved like Brazil and India that are uh, not really as uh, on board uh, with some of those ideas because they're, they're not really interested in that sort of decoupling uh approach or, or the the possibility of that so well, when is the BRICS cryptocurrency going to come out that's what i want to know at the same time uh, as the well, nft marketplace or <laughs> I, i'm sure uh elon will uh be you know serving as the the great you know broker for that um trying to bring together silicon valley weirdos with uh policy in in these countries yeah i'm sure it'll go just like twitter did 
Well, not if Zuckerberg knocks him out. So then (laughs) (laughs) we never know. Although we're talking about these big macroeconomic issues, you know, it sometimes it just comes down to hand to hand combat. Two billionaires (laughs) beating the crap out of each other. Uh, I'd pay money to see that. And I probably will. Um, If it ever happens, which probably won't because Elon's a little bitch. Um, That seems to be Zuckerberg's take on it. (laughs) Yeah. I never thought I'd be Team Zuck on this one. Yeah, I, 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 I would say, I'm like, I don't know that I'd ever be like, you know, hell yeah, Facebook, but it's like, yeah, you know, or Meta or Meta, Meta, Meta and X. <laughs> that sounds two, like... Two companies that, with Meta names that, that, that no like one GNC actually is vitamin really Meta, sounds, Meta X, like a sounds, something you buy at a gas station. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> of dubious FDA approval. It's like a gas station creatine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Meta X. <laughs> Get you might have a heart attack. Sponsored by Dana White and the fucking <laughs> Joe Rogan experience. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, I mean, like, so China has obvious reasons. They 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 they're mostly benefiting from this this deal of of BRICS and adding other countries. India is like you know it is a democracy for whatever it is. Modi is Modi, and there's issues in that country. <laughs> Uh, but they have border issues with China, pretty serious. I mean, they have like they kill each other over this shit, literally. Yeah. You know? Like, like what was we did, very, we did an episode on it like what a year or two ago, yeah, and they were beating it, each other with clubs. It's very and stuff. gangs of New York when they meet and they're like, and uh, um, what's his name? Bill the who, the actor who plays Bill the Butcher in that. Um, oh, like, uh, how is this skip? He played Lincoln and yeah. Lincoln. Um, Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah. He goes, uh, okay, guns. Or he's like, knives, bricks, bats, bricks, uh, zing, <laughs> bricks, bats, and and then pistols, and then Leo DiCaprio goes, no pistols. So it's just like they, they have these bur- these gangs of New York style brawls. Yeah, in, they they can't let in it, the Himalayas. They, they can't let it escalate. So they basically put like cl- like, like bats of nails in them and just fight each other and knock each other off cliffs and stuff. Yeah, it's very grim. Yeah, I mean maybe that's you, you fight it out and then you get together at the bricks table, you know. And also, like they're in there, they get they buy military equipment from the U.S. and they're in the Quad, which is a Wait, mil- India. You mean? Yeah, India. Yeah, I mean they've have, have they actually bought equipment? I know they've been they've been there's been more integration. I think recently, they're, I think, they're, I think they're, historically they're I think, I think, they're, I think, I think they're making U.S. equipment too. They have a very strong relationship with Russia and the Russian defense industry, which. They, they, be, they, lots they, of they, they also now. do that. They also they buy from they that. buy they buy from both. Yeah, which is a. a Absurd. I, I, I suspect that their uh, relative procurement distribution is going to shift after uh, what they've seen of yeah. the performance of Russian materiel uh, the last uh, year or so. Well. But yeah, they're also in the quad, which is a security group uh, between Australia, India, Japan, and the U.S., which is super anti-China. And it exists to confront China. <laughs> You're not supposed to say that out loud. <laughs> Wait, the squad? Oh, no, that's the, the Congress. <laughs> Got it. Oh, the quad. The quad. Got it. Okay. Yeah, not, not, not a college quad either. God damn it, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> but then uh, why, does, why does Russia want, to, want bricks to exist can't imagine why uh, a country yeah. that is being widely sanctioned for its unprovoked war of aggression against a neighbor would want to have alternate economic channels for uh, trade investment and development yeah and they've always had 
um, years and years of a relationship with many countries in what we call the global south. Um, so that and that goes back to the Cold War era, and they're trying to leverage that. You hear Putin talking a lot about multipolarity and a multipolar yeah. world. This is a sort of um, a, a major example of trying to make that a reality. Now, uh, it's a little complicated because a lot of Russia's assets are sanctioned. Um, so in terms of uh, mutual aid and that kind of thing, uh, there the, are major issues that the the BRICS nations are having, even if politically they may be more on the fence than, say, members of the G7 when it comes to the uh, war in Ukraine. All poor Putin wants is a world safe for czarist autocracy. Is that so much to ask? Huh. Yes. Which... <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> Way too much to ask. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, because it's, it's really just, you know, to have, the, because like, it's very incestuous. It's like, it's like, you start a company, you just invite your friends to come work for you. Is basically what BRICS is. Because all these countries that already have good relations with Russia, pretty much, except for like I don't think Argentina doesn't have like all that much with them. I don't think. Um, and then I, I think in the the sort of on the left, the left wing of us, um, Argentinian politics, there's a sort of a historical yeah, connection. It's, with, it's, but it's, it's not. It's, it's not it's, like it's, Venezuela. It's, 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 it's like anti-imperialist, like yeah. You, Oops. The kind of tanky shit that yeah, we yeah. know and love. Well, that's yeah. why it's why Argentina is so um, interesting in, in in if the BRICS invitation is no oh, no, okay. no. Uh, the Argentina is with the BRICS in, uh, invitation because the outgoing president is pushing for it and wants it. The two leading candidates to replace him do not want it to be in BRICS. They'd rather yeah. deal with the U.S. in the yeah. West. So I mean, frankly. If, if one could have a best of all possible worlds, not that that's going to happen. Um, I mean, having Brazil and Argentina both get onto a, a good track in terms of economic growth and, and political stability as democ- Latin American democracies in BRICS could be a very positive force in terms of steering that grouping uh, in healthy ways that are that genuinely prone to promoting development instead of being steered towards you know anti-western political projects but that you know of course involves a whole lot of you know hoping for things to go well uh which um i'm not as much of a cynic as ryan but uh i uh, i i don't uh, i don't count on on things going swimmingly when it comes to international affairs under any circumstances. Yeah. Yeah, but it's not, I mean, the point you're trying to make is they could just go with kind of a legion of doom type approach and go, oh, we're just going to do a, if this was purely a political project. But um, no, there's, I mean, legitimate democracies like Brazil, uh, Argentina, India, Ethiopia, um, flawed as they may be. I mean, I don't think they're, you know, <laughs> they, uh, they could definitely tip their tip the weight on the scale a bit um so it isn't a sort of um i i don't think that's um necessarily naive to think i i don't know if it's likely but i don't know i don't yeah. think that's necessarily naive to think that especially since technically all member states have the same weight yeah yeah we, we could talk, we talk about that real quick because like, you have to like it's, it's unanimous yeah. it's not like a you know a pop you know a, a you know, fifty-fifty, like it has to be, you know, 
has to be majority rules. Right. I mean, and, and will that last? With an influx of new member states, uh, will they be able to actually maintain a consensus-based approach? Um, it's like devastating. I mean, the, the more the more players you have in the room, the harder it is to do that. And they may face a choice between either, you know, compromising on that and going with uh, a major a, a majority rule based approach, um, or just a more limited approach to their cooperation or being internally stalemated all the time and just not being able to collaborate on much of anything. It could be like Devil Stalin when they're like uh, in the comp committee room and they're like, and we all passed unanimously. Carry unanimously. unanimously. <laughs> Everyone just slowly raises their hand even though they're like, yeah. But yeah, um, Brazil is... Uh, Another thing factor because they have actually democracy even when Bolsonaro was in charge even though he was a huge douchebag. Uh, Lula came out and said we do not want to be a counterpoint to the G7, G20, or the United States. Uh, it's just, we just want to organize ourselves is what his statement was about BRICS. It sounds very Lula, just like saying a lot but very little. Yeah. Like what? what <laughs> we want to organize ourselves. Okay. Well. Yeah, I mean, he wants trade. He wants to benefit Brazil, but like, I think I think he'll be a, a balancing point to other BRICS countries because, yeah, they're big enough and they're one of the original yeah. four. Not interested in severing the world into blocks. Yeah, that and like they do so much trade of us and you know, yeah. other Latin American countries that do trade of us too. So it's they, just like they benefit from using the dollar, and you know that they're, they're not their their biggest need isn't a. Well, he, a second a reserve currency he actually wanted yeah. to push for a shared currency among the BRICS members which uh i don't think is possible regarding all their different economies and that and i don't think china would ever do it unless it was the uh, their their currency if well i mean given the, the lack in. of the lack of sort of clean exchangeability uh of the chinese currency um, in terms of foreign exchange, I, I'm not even sure how that would work if they wanted it to. Yeah, nobody really knows the real valuation of it, right? Well, they're, they're <laughs> again, going back to that uh, more sort of party-state-driven economic model, even when they you know, allow market forces as a, a helpful expedient, uh, they're never totally willing to give up control to the degree that uh, the G7 countries, for example, uh, would in terms of a floating exchange rate or in terms of genuinely market-driven uh, economic processes in general. And in fact, you know, the PRC has been clamping down more and more on Yeah, their economy uh, the isn't doing super good right now. It's actually doing pretty bad. That. Yeah. <laughs> but it's okay if you just don't release any economic data anymore. No one will notice and it will all how, be fine again. I love how they're just like very openly. Uh, it's got the under 25 unemployment has gotten like 25, 30%. And they're just like, we, we will no longer publish this because of social cohesion. And we <laughs> love social cohesion. <laughs> don't you love? Very, I, it's like, I love the... I love how both simultaneously shady and open they are about <laughs> being shady. I mean, to give you just a taste of how far and how ridiculous the uh, clamping down on information sources has gone, uh, one of my friends is like 
hitting his head against a wall because he is working on a a project uh, for a class on I kid you not Sung Dynasty China centuries ago and all of the Chinese based journal articles that he was going to reference he can't access anymore because their academic databases are being severed from access outside of China well he, oh. he done fucked up Winnie the Pooh fucking up my research paper. <laughs> yeah. Now you write a now you write a now you write a paper on Winnie the Pooh and, and Xi Jinping. Yeah. And well, then you have the opposite problem of it'll never be uh, accessible on the other side of the Great Firewall. Oh. Yeah. But uh, let's talk about the Middle East countries that have been that are being invited to join. So the UAE. Uh, basically, they they hope they they basically their big thing they want to join. It, why they want to join is they want to. Contribute to the new development bank to engage positively with the global south. So basically, they want to, they want to apparently do good and boost their ratings because they're a financial center and they have a shit ton of money. Otherwise, what do they bring to the geopolitical goals that they they don't care about the multipolarity or anything like that? Yeah, they just like, want to tra- they just want to do trade. Yeah. Like like it, that's well, why trade and and direct investment. Yeah, probably. yeah, they want to just make money. I mean, they're 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 the business, the really the business savvy people of the Middle East. I mean, they're it's like it's. If you can make friends and make money, then go for it. And they've known to have a lot of Russian money and Russian gold in their country already, anyway. Yeah. Because of that's why I just Switzerland to the Persian Gulf, pretty much. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's like it's a problem for them because they buy it. most of all the weapon systems are U.S. made. They have, the U.S. has a, a huge base outside of Abu Dhabi, their capital. Um, yeah, arguably their relationship with the U.S. is more important than any one any one particular. The security guarantees are pretty good. Yeah, but also even their relationship with Iran isn't. I mean, they're they're not gonna like. They do. They still do business with Iran. Yeah, they they do business with. Not Iran. as much as Qatar does, but like they no. still do business with. Because Qatar has the there's more of an ideological similarity yeah. between the two, whereas um, the UAE are just pure pragmatists. Yeah, whereas. Saudi Arabia, even if they were, even if MBS, which he, he is arguably a pretty big pragmatist, like they can't normalize relationship with 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 Iran. So inviting both of those countries at the same time is yeah, it, it goes either with, genius or insane. That goes with Saudi because they're it's like they're they're they do sell out all over to the U.S. They they have they buy they like what forty billion dollars like in a year or so and like or whatever like in, in U.S. military equipment and stuff like that. And um, the Iran's in it, and they're like their arch enemy of the region. I mean, China has done a good job of trying to balance and have a kind of peaceful resolution, so they're talking more than they used to be, which is you know yeah, like, they've normalized like relations. I mean, to a, to, a, to a certain degree, but like it's still it's still it's it's way better than it used to be. Yeah. Um, but then there's issues of like recently a UN report went out about Saudi Arabian security forces murdering thousands of migrants from Ethiopia. Trying to travel to Saudi Arabia for from asylum and work, um, and Ethiopia was also added to the, was invited to join BRICS. Hmm. So, <laughs> I mean, in general, it's an interesting time for uh, Ethiopia to be thinking about any any international dynamics because they're dealing with so much internal uh, turmoil right now themselves. Yeah. Well, the Tigray War is apparently over. We'll see what that means. And now they're fighting other militias and stuff that are inside the country. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen that in the headlines in a while. That was a big, uh, <laughs> jeez. Talk about a 
cluster. And then there's Egypt, <laughs> who is just like is like all about it. They're all about bricks. They want they want the money. They want to yeah. Get they, it. they want. The I investment. mean, they need bricks to build the pyramids. So. <laughs> You mean the new administrative capital? Yes, the new new Cairo. New new Cairo. It better be like the old Bass Pyramid. Oh, I basically. knew I'd have one. Yes. <laughs> I was. I, CC wants to be buried in one. <laughs> I, I was. There's one in Vegas, I think. That's probably yeah. open, right? Oddly enough, or there, Memphis, Tennessee, the Bass Pro Shop. Oddly enough, uh, when I was in Quebec uh, last week, the shopping mall that included the grocery store uh, right across the street from where I stayed was in fact a large pyramid and and i don't mean like loosely pyramidal i mean like did you go in full on flat sided that was me time is almost up (laughs) (laughs) well as long as you didn't go in and get cursed um i think we're all good no none of none of my groceries went bad so that was the greatest risk yeah, um, but yeah. I mean, Egypt is again a, a huge U.S. partner. They receive the most out of all the countries that joined. They receive the most aid every year, um, and they. But they've also been very close to Russia for a very long time. And they've also had a lot of uh, debt challenges and, and other economic issues uh, in recent years. And are, by all accounts, you know, definitely eager to have investment coming in to help take the edge off some of those problems and help them finish out various infrastructure projects and so forth. You know, what's interesting to me, I wonder why Turkey wasn't invited. I'm sure there are plenty of good reasons they weren't invited, but... Probably because Putin is big mad at them. (laughs) Yeah, but he, I mean, they buy a shit ton of Russian gas still. Like, there's, I mean, they're a pretty major emerging, air quote, economy, um... I think they're. I mean, they're in the. They're in the G twenty. Yeah. Um, they have. I mean, they have significant. I think because they're. They're the also. They also. They're have also a NATO country. Oh yeah, that could be it. Then there's they're selling weapons to the Ukraine. But it's. Yeah. yeah. I guess Once that could again, be it. It's more of a Putin trade. Is goal. big mad. <laughs> yeah. It's real petty shit. Oh yeah, very high school. Yeah. <laughs> totally, totally unexpected for. Uh, Vladimir Putin, of all people. Yeah, megalomaniac. A little love triangle between the U.S., Turkey, and Russia. Yeah. (laughs) What a mess. But, um... Wow, we really kind of, like, went through that episode. I had, had like, a bunch of questions. Oh, I'm going to ask one question, then we'll end on that. Um, So, for Russia and China, is BRICS basically a giant geopolitical Ponzi scheme? I mean, I think for it to be a Ponzi scheme, you have to have you know, that, that traditional pattern of each new layer of people investing is bailing out the next, whereas you have more of a sort of tug-of-war about what is this whole sack of stuff actually going to be and who's going to use it for what. Yeah, I, I, it, it's not... It, it's... It seems more like posturing than, you know, Karen from across the street trying to get three of her friends into her multi-level marketing scheme and then them getting three friends. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I just thought the question was funny. We don't have to get that serious about it, guys. Calm down. Jesus. But yeah. 
hey, you threw it out there, and we threw it right back in your fucking face. <laughs> yeah, apparently. This, apparently. This, is, this is how things work. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's going to be interesting to see what the expansion looks like, see who actually joins in, who doesn't. Um, what If they'll change the name, or just going to be Bricks Plus. Um, maybe we'll do a follow-up, like, in a year or so. Yeah. And just, After the initial rush season yeah. for the fraternity. It is rush time. <laughs> yeah, see, it washes out. Yeah. See, see who actually joins, who doesn't. See yeah. if they like they redo their uh their like their basically bids. the committee rules yeah. essentially basically are they gonna, is it still gonna be unanimous? Because if it is, it's just gonna fuck it up. Because like India and Brazil are gonna be like, mm, I don't agree with that. Well, I don't know about Stacy if she can come into our yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. But anyway, uh yeah, Bricks Plus is the Trade Federation. And uh, that was, that was... <laughs> all hail, all hail the Galactic Empire. <laughs> well, the Trade Federation was wiped out by the Galactic Empire. Yeah, actually, no, they weren't. They just cut off the leadership. I wonder how that worked. Until anyway, next time. <laughs> until next time. Anyway, that was almost semantic. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks. <laughs> all right.